In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved Orthodox Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, we arrived to the third Sunday of the Holy and Great Fast and the mid point of the fast. And just as in the mid of the paradise there was planted the tree of life, so also in the midst of the paradise of the Holy and Great Fast we have the true tree of life planted, that is, the Holy Cross, to which veneration we have come in the midst of the Holy and Great Land. And it is meet, therefore, that we should say something to explain why the cross, our Savior's suffering on it, our Savior's death on it, is salvific to us. In what way the cross of our Savior, his suffering and death on it, are some are healing to us, are salvation to us. And to understand this, first and foremost, we have to understand where did pain and suffering come from in the first place. And once we do that, we'll understand why our Savior's suffering on the cross were salvific and healing to us. God did not create pain or suffering or death. God created everything well and very well. There was no pain and suffering in God's creation. Where did it come from, therefore? Pain and suffering came because of sin. For God created man with joy, that he should have joy to do the God's commandments. That is where human beings most flourish. That is where the human beings internally are the most at peace, when their will is in accordance with the will of God. And that is where everything, mind, heart, soul, senses, take their place and there is serenity and peace in human beings, when their will is in accordance and in harmony with the will of God. And when we choose to do the will of God against the possibility of not doing the will of God, that is when we grow even more in our peace and joy in doing the will of God. That is because we become stronger in doing the will of God. And that is why the first commandment was given to the Adam and Eve of not to eat of a certain fruit so that they should make that one step of, break, of becoming even stronger in wanting to do the will of God. But what happened? That the deceiver, the devil, offered them another kind of joy, which is not joy, it's sinful pleasure. He offered them something that they were deceived with. Their senses were deceived to do something against the will of God, to break his commandment, that is, to take of that fruit of, of which God told them not to eat. And as soon as they did that, their whole internal state of mind became a turmoil. For what was by God arranged to be in serenity and peace, that mind should control the senses, it became upside down. The senses became in charge and mind lost its peace entirely. The senses became to be dominant in human beings and the mind became to be a subject, to be a slave to the senses. Therefore, the internally, the whole human being became ugly. It became in disarray. It became in chaos was plunged into chaos. And this was done by the pleasure of sin that was introduced in human beings. For they chose, instead of the joy of keeping God's commandment, they chose the pleasure of satisfying their senses. And when we do that, when we make that step of disobeying God's commandment, and rather satisfying our senses, by pleasurable sin, we separate ourselves from God. And what is the consequence of the separation of God? Death. Pain, 
suffering and death come as a consequence of separation of God. That is where, where pain came from. That is where the suffering came from. That is where death came to, from. Because our forefathers, Adam and Eve, and we in their footsteps chose the pleasure of sin and to wallow in pleasure of sin instead of having the joy of doing God's commandments. And the result, the wages of pleasure of sin is death. And that is what happened to us, beloved Christians, that all humanity, from Adam and Eve, we, upon sin, added more sins and more pleasure and more uh, sinfulness. And that is why all humanity was stuck between pleasure and death. For since all sinned, all were liable to death. Since all chose to be, ple to, to be wallowing in the pleasure of sin, all had as a result liability of death because the wages of sin, as I said, is death. Therefore, no man was able to escape this terrible vicious circle for all were plunged into sin and as a result died. But our Savior did not abandon us. He looked at the terrible plight that humanity was in of this, of this slavery to sin and death, this slavery to pleasure, sinful pleasure and pain. And he enacted a plan most divinely wise. What was this plan? Knowing that no human out of himself could liberate from this slavery, he himself became man in order to do the job for us. He took upon himself humanity in order to fix that which humans couldn't fix. And therefore, once he took upon himself humanity, he lived a sinless life. And thereby he defeated the tyranny of pleasure and sin upon human nature. For our Savior's flesh was entirely intact by any sin, by any passion, by anything dark and anything dirty. He was entirely pure. He was entirely sinless. He was entirely luminous because the flesh that he assumed, he cleansed it entirely. And no sin approached it. Even when the devil tried to tempt our Savior, our Savior crushed his head. We remember in the desert how three times the devil tried even to tempt our Savior with those three generic temptations and our savior crushed his head by not only resisting but even being beyond reach of those temptations and those uh, passions therefore by his sinless life our savior liberated the human nature from slavery to pleasure and by his death he trampled down death that is, by dying for us, he, with his sinless body, he liberated us from death as well. How? Death could not contain him because there was no sin in him. Death could contain and does contain humans because they sin, because we owe to death once we sin. But our Savior had no sin in him. Therefore, the death could not find anything of it in our Savior, and that is why it cannot contain it. And our Savior, having submitted to death, taste of that, he bursts the power of death to pieces by his resurrection, by arising from the dead. That is how our Savior, by his life, liberated us from the tyranny of pleasure, of passions and sinful lusts and all the other lusts and passions that there are, of pride, of pleasure, of vainglory, of all these things. And by his death, he liberated human nature from the wages of sin and pleasure, which is death. 
because by his resurrection he demolished the power of death over the human nature which he had assumed. And having done this, beloved Christians, our Savior invites us to be partakers of this victory. He tells us, I have done this. Come and partake of the victory. And how do we partake of this victory? How we become partakers of our Savior's victory over sin and death? We heard in today's gospel, He that wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Deny oneself and pick up his cross. What is the meaning of this? By denying ourselves, our Savior tells us, we declare war against sin. We declare a truceless battle and struggle against passion of pleasure, against all sorts of passions that war against us. We become enlisted in the army of the firstborn and become warriors in truceless battle to deny entirely every attachment, everything that links us and that makes us to be attached to the sinful pleasure. And that is what we, when we become warriors, that is the war that we declare. And what is to take up our cross? It means to be ready to receive any suffering, any temptation, any trial in this war that we have declared. Therefore, by denying ourselves, we voluntarily enlist ourselves and we struggle against the willful passions and pleasures and sins that we have. And by taking up cross, we become defending, we, we become patient in any involuntary thing that might happen that might come in the way of uh, on our way of our salvation we carry the cross that is we carry the burden of all the temptations and sufferings that the devil might throw at us when we become enlisted in the army of our savior therefore by denying ourselves we cut off our willful passions and by carrying the cross we become patient we become entirely patient in resisting and taking burden of carrying all the temptations and sufferings and terrible things that the devil will throw at us. Therefore, we willfully suffer for our salvation. And as Savior tells us, you're not alone in this. Do not be afraid, my children. I overcame the world. I did the job for you. And if you plunge yourself in this battle, if you throw yourself into denying yourself and taking up the cross, you are not alone. I am there struggling with you. My struggle that you will struggle, it's a struggle that brings consolation. It's a struggle that brings joy. It's not a struggle where one is alone and in despair and in darkness and doesn't know what he's doing and, and he simply is in, in despair. No, the struggle of Christians, if we enlist ourselves, in following our Savior, both by cutting our willful passions and carrying the burden of, all, of the cross, that is, of all the sufferings and temptations, then that struggle becomes full of joy, full of uh, 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 consolation, because our Savior is there to help us. And that is what he tells us by, those who want to follow me, do this, and you will receive consolation and grace throughout this life and once you reach your course and once you uh, the, the time of your repose will come if you have struggled this way the death won't be as a penalty for you anymore but as martyrdom 
Because death won't find sin and pleasure and all sorts of things in you. But you will be innocent of all these things and therefore death will be a blameless thing for you, not a punishment, just as it was for our Savior. For just as death could not find any guilt in our Savior and therefore could not contain him, those who partake of our Savior's sufferings, death won't find anything of its own in them either. And if you die this way, your death will be martyrdom, not a punishment, and I will raise you on the last day for the resurrection of life. That is what is being offered to us, beloved Christians. That is the participation in the cross. That is the participation in the sufferings. That is what our Savior enlists us in. And that is how his suffering and his death and his uh, 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 crucifying himself on the cross, that is how we partake and that is how it is salvific for us. Therefore, let us heed to what our Savior tells us, beloved Christians. Let us heed to how he enlists us, how he invites us to struggle for our own salvation so that the, the way that he traced, the road that he traced, we should trace it also by that admonition that we should deny ourselves willfully of, uh, in, in, in all the passions and sins that we have and receive the cross and carry, that is, all the burden of temptations and, and sufferings. And by that, our Savior will make our death blameless and we'll be able to resurrect. He'll resurrect us and raise us from the dead in the second coming to, for us to be in resurrection in the heavenly kingdom unto eternity. Not to be raised for the resurrection of damnation, which is where the sinners will go, those who did not repent and didn't partake of the cross. For them the resurrection will be resurrection of the second death. That is, they will raise, be raised not to partake of life eternal, but to be in existence eternally without God. For us, if we follow our Savior, the resurrection from the death will be resurrection unto eternal life with God. Therefore, let us heed to the words of our Savior and deny ourselves and pick up the cross and follow him and by this inherit the eternal life. Amen.